Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome into Brewcast from Mason Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Luke Yardy tonight joined by Trevor Woods, and we are here with you on Monday night, August 15th, actually going into Wednesday, August 17th, having to record a day early here, but we are less than three weeks away from Michigan football, man. Trevor, what's going on? It's, it's really starting to feel like it's around the corner, isn't it? Oh, totally. I mean, I was even at a Bears preseason game this weekend, and that was a blast. Just being around football, whether it's third stringers or not, getting to evaluate live action, man, it makes the, the goosebumps uh, go off. And, uh, yeah, I'm ready for some Michigan football and the non-conference slate where they run the table on these guys. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be here before we know it, September, right around the corner, a couple of weeks away. And it's got us thinking, you know, as we are a couple weeks now into fall camp, taking a look at uh, particularly the offensive side of the football here tonight, maybe next week, get into the defensive side of things. But things starting to shape up a little bit coming out of fall camp. We're, we're going to exactly see how it plays out, like we said, in a couple of weeks here. And we are going to get to the quarterback situation a little bit. Trevor had a great article posted here this evening that you've probably read by now that you're listening on Wednesday uh, about the quarterback situation. We're going to get into that, but we also want to take a look at the big picture in the sense that the guy who ultimately wins the job and takes a majority of the reps in games, because I'm sure we're going to see both quarterbacks, regardless of who's out there in the first series of every single game, is what kind of weapons are these guys going to be working with? And it feels to me, Trevor, that the answer is uh, some very good ones. Oh, no doubt. I mean, 
co-office quarter Matt Weiss said earlier this offseason that Michigan, the amount of weapons they have on offense is rich people problems. Well, he's completely correct. The receiving room is absolutely loaded this year. It had potential and it did some great things last season, but now it's so loaded. You have a guy like Mike Sainer still was a key contributor last year on Michigan's offense. Now he's playing a majority of his reps as a cornerback and doing well over there. So it just shows the depth. You've got Ronnie Bell who tore his ACL the first game of last season. He's back now. Bell was considered Michigan's best receiver heading into last season. Great route runner. He can gain separation down the field. Uh, Bell's back, so that's great news. But then you got guys like A.J. Henning who want to have a Debo Samuel-type role where their gadget guy can do a little bit of everything for Michigan's offense. You have three incoming freshmen who Jim Harbaugh called freak shows in Darius Clemens, Amarion Walker, and Tyler Morris. So add three other guys to the equation, and then there's uh, Anthony who made some memorable plays against Michigan State, although it was a loss. You have Roman Wilson, who looked to become – it was starting to become a sure-handed receiver. You have Cornelius Johnson. Then you have Eric All, who could end up being one of the best tight ends in the country. Eric All has really bulked up this past offseason after already being pretty strong last year and had a good season. But now it's to that other level now where the expectations are him not to play well. It's for him to play elite. And uh, he looks every bit the part if you see him in person absolutely shredded in every which way and uh, mental toughness it's there as well. And uh, there's other guys to add to the equation. One of them being Donovan Edwards, who is a running back, but can catch the heck out of the football. So man, we're just scratching the surface with what we're talking about here when it comes to the weapons, the quarterback for Michigan has at his disposal, but you got to think uh, the passing tax is going to be better this year. Uh, whether it's J.J. McCarthy in there or K. McNamara. Yeah, there's there's no question about it, and we'll get into this when we talk about you know the quarterback battle, and we'll I, I do want to get your opinion a little bit later, and I'll bring it up again, but you know on if the amount of weapons and how good they are is going to influence who the quarterback is going to be one way or another. I think that's a really interesting topic of conversation, but you touched on all the, the guys that are coming back. Like Cornelius Johnson was your, your leading receiver last year, not only uh, in receptions, but in yards and tied for the lead in touchdowns. I think, you know, everyone's very excited about Ronnie Bell coming back. And I think, you know, obviously um, th- that's a, uh, there's a reason for that. You know, there, there's no question. He's he's unbelievably talented. He just had the one catch, a 76-yard touchdown against Western Michigan in the opening week before he tore his ACL. I mean, he should have had a second catch as well. It was a horrible offensive pass interference in that Western Michigan game. He made a ridiculous circus catch. But w- with him coming back, I'm st- Cornelius Johnson, man, going back and watching the tape from this past year, uh, re-watching all the games, Cornelius Johnson, it seemed like whenever they really needed – something big Cornelius Johnson was always the one who who was making a big play I mean thinking about the Ohio State game when Michigan needed an answer after Ohio State took the lead it was Cornelius Johnson coming up with the big catch near the goal line in in that game and and you know he just he came up with big catch after big catch after big catch and I I really think like Ronnie Bell obviously you know your first thought is thinking this guy is going to be the the biggest weapon in this offense the number one receiver 
And, you know, the the more I think about it, I think Cornelius Johnson could absolutely be the number one guy as a receiving option here this year, which is crazy to think with, with Ronnie Bell coming back. But I think he could make that big of a leap, and he's that good. Well, he is that good. And you bring up a great play by Johnson, a memorable one against Ohio State. And this is the one right before halftime, correct, you're speaking of? Yeah, yes. The one yes. that they ended, and, up, and, they, they ended up punching in to go up 14-10. Yeah, exactly, and that is sometimes one that gets lost in our memories now all these months later. Uh, obviously, five touchdowns by Hassan and all that, but that was a great throw by McNamara, even better catch and adjustment by Johnson, and time and time again last season, he made plays like that. And when you talk to Johnson, he is such a smart guy, uh, just such great focus to where I totally believe he could be Michigan's best receiver. But what I would say is this, is Michigan's so deep this year at receiver, Sharon Moore, Michigan's offensive line coach and co-offense coordinator, he said that the room, the rotation on game day mm. is going to be eight, nine deep to where he wants to keep these guys fresh, have fresh legs. Uh, the options at receiver vary in height, stature, strength, you know, they all have different tools in the toolbox. Michigan's offense does now at receiver. So it's going to be so awesome to see how some of these guys are utilized, Johnson included. So I, I think we could really see the wealth be spread out this year and have some guys have similar stats. But what you're saying is 100% correct. Johnson has that potential to be the guy. And if you're the guy, I mean, you're going to be uh, – the one that's going to get drafted the highest and everything else. So Johnson's got a lot riding on this season. So does Bell as far as their NFL prospects, but so does everybody else as well. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to get to the promised land and win Big Ten championships and uh, so on. But then some of these guys also, all these guys have NFL aspirations. But the guys who are, you know, the veterans and seniors, the clock's ticking on their time at Michigan. Right. And uh, they have all the more focus because of it. Yeah, man. And – you know what another thing about Cornelius Johnson is as well, and this has nothing to do with receiving, but he blocked a couple of punts last year, man. I want to see if Jay Harbaugh is going to use him in a similar manner because <laughs> that guy can get after the punter, dude. Yeah, he was a key contributor and a lot of contributors on that Michigan special teams, uh, one of the best in the nation. So, yeah, wh whoever can help that Michigan special teams have the same type of output blocking punts and you know everything else in all facets of special teams I think uh, they're going to do so yeah I'd love to see that some more from Johnson and you know you, you mentioned some of these freshmen as well because I'm taking a look at it and you're returning your top uh, as I'm looking your top six receiving uh, threats from last year in terms of receptions Hassan Haskins was number seven Dalen Baldwin uh, was number eight but then you're returning number nine number ten and number 11 as well, and ultimately, you know, number 13, who happened to be Ronnie Bell with just the one reception. But that's so much coming back. Is there a chance that we that we really see these extremely talented freshmen really get that much into the mix? Because it's going to be really hard. You know, obviously, Mike Sanders still, I don't know how much we're going to see him on the offensive side of the football, at least catching passes, though. He made some ridiculously great catches last year as well. I mean, you think of the Maryland touchdown pass that he caught uh, in the Maryland game, and just unbelievable, his pass-catching ability, and, and he might be playing predominantly nickel. Like, that's how deep this these weapons are could we see 
you know, Darius Clemens crack this lineup in some way, shape, or form? Like, what do you really, you know, outside of what Coach Harbaugh has, has mentioned, what, do you really think that these guys are going to be able to come in and crack the rotation in Big Ten play? Like, I'm sure we see them in the non-conference a little bit because they're kind of lesser opponents, but when we get into the meat of Big Ten play, are these guys that are good enough that can crack this rotation? I would say at least a couple of them will be and the rotation, you know, what, what percentage will that be distributed? I think that remains to be seen, but uh, between those trio of freshmen, I think at least one or two of them will uh, earn their uh, honest share, put it that way of snaps. Uh, Like I said, I think this truly is a situation this season of spreading the wealth around, but I think at the very least you'll see some specific packages uh, what these freshmen are most comfortable with, uh, what routes and what types of things uh, they're doing good at. And as you know, Luke, uh, one thing that's so important to see the field as a receiver in Michigan's offense is your ability to block. Yes. So I, I also think if they – there's obviously usually growing pains in that regard uh, from freshmen receivers and running backs for that matter and uh, cut, uh, you know run blocking or uh, pass protection. Uh, so, uh, for receivers, it's, it's obviously blocking, uh, run blocking. So, uh, th- that's one thing I, I'll, I'll have to see, but these are some pretty strong dudes for freshmen, right? So I think that also bodes well for them to see playing time, but what percentage, uh, I, I think we'll have to revisit that one after non-conference play, because then we'll at least get some game film of these young guys and what they are, uh, as present day college freshmen. Yeah, and uh, th- there's another thing uh, as well that I wanted to ask your opinion on um, it, because there are two very talented uh, tight ends on this team. You mentioned Eric All, but I think uh, Luke Schoonmaker uh, is a very talented player as well. He had 17 receptions last year to go along with three TDs, which was actually more touchdowns than Eric All had a year ago. Um, but with all these weapons including Donovan Edwards, who you can line up in the slot. I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches. Like, But Michigan's bread butter is probably still going to be running the football, I would imagine, given the success that they had a year ago. Sharon Moore is a co-offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach, probably going to be wanting to pound the, down the throats of opponents. Like, with all these weapons, are we still going to see a whole lot of 12 personnel with Shoemaker and Eric all out, out on the field at the same time? Or are we going to see more four wide receiver sets? Like, what do you, what do you envision this offense kind of looking like? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, one question I have with the running game in particular is, will Michigan be able to consistently run uh, between the tackles? Because Corum is, you know, he's very, very strong, but he's a bit of an undersized back. Uh, to this point in his career, you know, there has to be kind of gaping hole uh, inside for him to, you know, ha- mm-hmm. have sizable yardage. Uh, not a whole lot of yards after contact yet for him. Obviously very elusive on the outside, uh, very fast. I think Donovan Edwards can be a guy you can run in between the tackles. We still got to see that from him, but I do think he can. And then there's Khalil Mullins, who uh, obviously playing 50-50 linebacker and then running back. But uh, as far as 12 personnel, things like that, I think Michigan will do whatever it takes to run the ball effectively. I think we could see a bit more running out of four wide receiver sets. That also depends on how good these receivers block in totality. But I think we could see more of that. Moore did say uh, recently that he, he liked to be at about 50-50, evenly distributed pass-run ratio. 
So I do think we could potentially see things inching closer to that. Obviously, at one point last year, Michigan had the highest run frequency besides service academies such as Army, Navy, and Air Force. So obviously, Michigan was running the ball a ton last season. So regardless of that, I think with the amount of weapons Michigan have at tight end and receiver. And you mentioned Schoonmaker as well. Uh, Harbaugh said he expects Schoonmaker and all to compete uh, to be the best tight end in the country. So add another to the equation there. I think it kind of has to uh, even out, especially though if you can score points and march down the field that way effectively, right? Uh, and I think they're going to have more confidence in McNamara with his second season as the potential starter or uh, with McCarthy at the helm too. So yeah, I think they'd like to be more uh, prolific this year and uh, a little more aggressive throwing the football. And before we get to the quarterback battle and talk a little bit about your article, Trevor, um, one thing that uh, I just want to touch on, obviously, I think there there really is only one spot amongst the offensive line that was really up for grabs uh, in camp. You've got Ryan Hayes returning, Trevor Keegan returning, Zach Sinter returning. Uh, you bring in Alawatomi, the second-team All-American from Virginia, as a grad transfer. Uh, the right tackle position, uh, is that – has have, what have you heard from that position? Is it pretty much has Trent Jones really taken a hold of that position, you think? Yeah, from everything I've heard to this point, it seems like he has. And, of course, we'll see, you know, after the dust settles for fall camp. But, uh, yeah, from the right tackle position, if that is the case, I think that would be a positive that somebody actually separated themselves at this point and uh, can be comfortable being the man or, the, you know, the number one at RT. But uh, across the board, I think Michigan obviously was the Joe Moore award winner last year, which went to the best offensive line in college football. Now you can debate whether they're deserving enough for that, but they were damn well one of the best offensive lines in the country. No There's no disputing that. When when John Madden, you know, now he now he passed away. A month before John Madden passed away, he texted Jim Harbaugh saying their offensive line's performance against Ohio State was one of the most impressive performances he's ever seen from a group. So you're getting some of that group back, some of the guys who were in that rotation back or saw some playing time last year. And then you got Olu, Olu, <laughs> and he was uh, he was a Remington. Say the last name for me. Uh, from what I understand, Oluwatomi, but I could be getting okay. that wrong. No, I, you you say it with such ease, uh, so <laughs> more power to you. But Olu, uh, he was a Remington Award finalist for best center in the country, and he's already brought a great element of leadership to that line. So especially with Sheryl Moore, who I think has already proven to be a highly energetic, motivated, very good communicator as offensive lines coach, uh, I think they're going to be firing at all cylinders. And uh, that the offensive line is actually something to be excited about as well, in my opinion. No doubt, man. And, you know, that that performance ultimately was so much fun to watch last year. Everyone remembers it. But, I mean, you know, that wasn't the only big game Hassan Haskin had. Uh, you know, they were they were really good all year long last year, and I'm very excited to, to see this offensive line work. And that's another piece of the puzzle in uh, or another factor at play, I think, when, when we take a look at the quarterback position here. Before we do, I want to let you know support for Brewcast is brought to you by Manscaped, best in men's below the waist grooming. Products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. The Performance 4.0 package 
is unreal. The lawnmower, 4.0 trimmer, this thing, I mean, there's no job too tough for it. Trust me on this one. The Nick Guard is unbelievable. I don't know where this technology has been, but you need to get it. The Weed Whacker Ear Nose Hair Trimmer as well. You've got the, the Crop Preserver, the Crop Reviver. The Performance Boxer Briefs are worth it in its own right, man. These things are legit chafe. Uh, not not proof, but they protect against chafing. They do a fantastic job. And then a whole travel bag to hold the goodies as well, man. I just took the, the travel bag, the overnight bag here on the trip this weekend, fit everything with ease. I needed a new one. You get so much with this package, and we're getting you 20% off. Get 20% off plus free shipping. You can't beat this. It's promo code MNB20. That's what you use at manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping, manscaped.com. Use promo code MNB20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So taking a look at this quarterback position here, Trevor. I mean, that's that's the thing everyone wants to talk about, right? And rightfully so, because... This is a, it's a big decision. It's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. On one hand, it's all I don't want to say it's unprecedented. You know, we we've kind of seen this. Clemson had a I don't you know I don't know if it's a similar situation when Trevor Lawrence was a true freshman and Kelly Bryant was there. But Kelly Bryant, you know, played all year, won the ACC or excuse me, played. You know, the the first half of the year was great. Clemson, you know, was a great team. Trevor Lawrence takes over. I believe Kelly Bryant actually led them to the playoffs in the number one seed uh, the year prior. But year prior, but Trevor Lawrence is ultimately the better guy for the job. Uh, the next year, about halfway through the season, when he came in as a true freshman, we we obviously saw what happened with two. Tungavailoa in the second half of the national championship game against Jalen Hurts ultimately took that job uh, from a guy who had a lot of success in national championship, uh, you know, winning quarterback there. I mean, and you got Cade McNamara now. He's coming off taking Michigan to their first Big Ten championship since 2003. Uh, the guy, you know, took incredible care of the ball last year. Rarely threw interceptions, rarely turned the ball over last year. Uh, just six interceptions on the season, threw for over 2,500 yards, completed 64% of his passes, and yet there seems to be a growing you know, number of people within this fan base that think J.J. McCarthy should be the number one guy. You came out with a great article here today. What What is your feeling on the situation? Yeah, the situation is fluid. It's in flux, I'd say, and... Uh... You know, some years, or actually every year, you can say Harbaugh doesn't really name a starter before week one, even when we have a darn near 100% uh, certainty, you know, like when Shea Patterson was here or Wilton Spate one of those years and uh, Jake Ruddock and so on and so forth. But, yeah, this year's different. J.J. McCarthy was a true freshman last year, definitely impressed with his time on the field, I think uh, many would agree with that. But, yeah, it's a fan base divided, and I, I don't think it really needs to be. Uh, McNamara had a great season in his own right. He thinks he should be the starter, uh, won a Big Ten championship, but it's it's not that simple either. You have McCarthy, who's definitely improved in his own right. McNamara says he's improved, gotten stronger and faster this offseason, footwork's better, mechanics are better. Uh but J.J.'s improved, too. He's a year older, a year smarter, and he has in his head. He's a zen, meditative-type guy, and uh, he's ready to seize the reins. So it's going to be interesting. Obviously, what McCarthy has to his game, he has top-tier athleticism as a quarterback, definitely one of the faster 
quarterbacks, one of the biggest threats to run at quarterback in all of power five. So with that, you know, he has a high ceiling. Uh, I think with the non-conference schedule to start out the year, conventional wisdom would say, hey, if there isn't a wide gap in the competition, if they're going back and forth, back and forth, and not one guy's really separated himself yet, uh, I think McNamara is going to be the guy. But if it's clear and apparent and McCarthy somehow does indeed get a big lead on McNamara, I think Michigan's going to do the right thing for the program and insert him from the get-go. But look at it this way, too. Harbaugh said last year after the Orange Bowl, McCarthy was inserted in the third quarter of that game, and Harbaugh was asked, you know, why did you decide to go to McCarthy then? And Harbaugh said he makes no apologies that Michigan has two quality quarterbacks. And uh, I think that's where they're at. And Harbaugh says, you know, one day it's McNamara in practice. The other day it's McCarthy who's doing better. And uh, Harbaugh says they're both going to be tough to beat the other. And, uh, but no matter what, at some point this year, McCarthy's going to see the field. McCarthy's, like I said, saw the field last season through over 500 yards was definitely a threat to run. He's definitely earned more playing time. So he's going to get an uptick in playing time uh, from the get go. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to hear, be here, sit here and prognosticate one, the starter for the entire season. I think that's kind of a fool's errand at this point. But, uh, yeah, they got two talented quarterbacks. It's going to go down to the wire. And uh, I think both will have starts this season. And, you know, the thing is here too, right, is they ultimately do have different play styles. I mean, that's that's just the case. Cade had, you know, threw the deep ball pretty well last year when the opportunity presented itself. But he didn't, it never felt like he took a ton of chances to try and, and push the ball deep. And that is a, that's a good thing. It, it could be construed as, you know, maybe you want to do that a little more. But that's the fact of the matter. Whereas JJ, he seemed to want, he, he took a little more chances. The, the throw to Andrell Anthony, uh, the touchdown pass to him in the Michigan State game, obviously is the one that everyone wants to point to, and I think it's a great example uh, of that, where he could have took the check down to the tight end underneath, but instead went for the home run and ultimately ended with six points for Michigan, whereas if he takes the check down, it probably ends that drive probably ends in three points for Michigan. You know what I'm saying? And this, is, this goes back to, to what I wanted to mention a little earlier, Trevor, when we were talking about all these weapons and this great offensive line, because I think there's two schools of thought here, right? The first being the weapons are unbelievable. Uh, Your running back room is tremendous. Your wide receivers are tremendous. And your offensive line is tremendous. You want the guy that's not going to screw it up because turnovers are going to be the thing that kills you. Cade McNamara takes pretty good care of the football. J.J. had some turnover trouble, fumbling and whatnot last year. Whereas the other school of thought here, Trevor, I think, is that if if you want to give the the reins uh, to your future quarterback of the program, uh, even though he's young, what better time to do that than give it to J.J. McCarthy while he's got a, an offensive line that's got the potential to win the Joe Moore Award again? Um, a great running back room and a whole lot of weapons to throw to, then there's no better time to give the the future of your program the reins than working with that offense, you know, instead of 
maybe some makeshift thing that because you never know how the future is going to plan out. So what kind of what, what school of thought do you think you subscribe to a little bit? Yeah, I, I think that uh, obviously McCarthy, you know, like you said, different skill sets. Cade is more of a pocket passer. He has functional mobility, moves in the pocket pretty well overall. But J.J., man, can he scoot to the outside and, you know, he can do all these different bootlegs, uh, rollouts, uh, and it's a great offensive line. Last season, they didn't give up a sack until, I believe, uh, October. So, yeah. Or at least it was only one sack through that time span. So uh, definitely protected the quarterback well. So you're basically saying, why not give the keys to McCarthy now when all the uh, pieces around him are as talented as they are, correct? I'm saying that is one school of thought that you could subscribe to giving J.J. McCarthy the, the keys to the offense here. But the other school, like I said, is the offense is going to be, should be so good as long as Michigan doesn't shoot themselves in the foot. Whereas there's a good, there, there's plenty of evidence to suggest that Cade would be the guy if that's your school of thought. Yeah. So, okay, that's great. Now, this has become a philosophical discussion. Right. So, if I set, if I, me personally, Trevor Woods and how I view an offense, if I eliminate the names of McDermott and McCarthy, I want my ideal quarterback to have the ability to run the football at a high level. I want my quarterback to just have an innate instinct to always want to go for that touchdown killer, you know, score a jugular right in your throat right now would just kill, 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 uh, not check down to be safe. Uh, I think McCarthy does exhibit a little more of, hey, I'm going to uh, scramble, scramble, scramble a bit, Russell Wilson, Wilson-esque uh, to buy time to deliver that schoolyard type throw. Now, the question is, can McCarthy be safe with those opportunities? You can be you can be safe and you can also be aggressive. Mm. But if he's just throwing into triple coverage with his aggressiveness, that would be a problem. So the good thing about this is McCarthy didn't throw many interceptions in high school, yet he still had that aggressiveness and took chances down the field. So if, if those variables work out, ideally, I like what McCarthy has to offer. However, there is something to be said about Cade and his ability to limit mistakes get Michigan field goals, lead Michigan to scoring drives, even if they didn't end in touchdowns. So with McCarthy, yes, as long as he can continue to consistently move the chains with his skill set, you know, uh, I think he'll end up being the starter down the stretch. But it's all about consistency because we've already seen what he can do, you know, uh, going deep down the field and what he can do with his legs. But can you do that for four quarters without shooting yourself in the foot? So, yeah, to me, it's a balance of those two thoughts, Luke, if, if I really had to think about it. But, uh, yeah, it, it's just hard not to ignore the wow plays that McCarthy right. already made last season. I mean, that's the thing with me. It's hard to ignore that. I also think for me, and I think the, the last two games of the Big Ten season, the Ohio State game and the Big Ten championship game against Iowa, I think it's altered kind of our perception of last season in a way because if you go back and you watch and you take a look maybe at some drive charts do you remember how badly Michigan struggled in the red zone last year to score touchdowns 
It was before the Ohio State game where they punched in five rushing touchdowns before they put up 42 against Iowa. Michigan could not get into the end zone in the, when they got to the red zone. Yeah. They settled for three points so often last year, and ultimately I think that's where the edge goes to J.J. because of his ability to, to use his legs, yeah. his uh, ability to you know take some chances and be able to put the ball in certain places with velocity that maybe Cade can't quite get to. I think that is where there's an edge uh, for J.J. McCarthy. But again, with that comes uh, the, the question of J.J.'s you know fumbling. He fumbled the snap against Maryland. He ultimately turned it into a touchdown, but it could have went the other way. Uh, the, obviously, the fumble against Michigan State late in that game those questions are going to start to arise as well when he starts using his legs a little more he's got to be able to take care of the football so there there are pros and cons to, to everything but that's that's just something to keep in mind remember how bad Michigan was in the red zone for a long stretch of last season I, th- I think that's an important thing to remember yeah and I do want to add to echo your point about the red zone or you're 100% correct, and, and here's a devil's advocate to uh, the, the Cade truthers out there. Like We, we as um, members of the media shouldn't have any bias, uh, and I don't think fans should either. I think we should look at all the data objectively as much as we can, and uh, here's the devil's advocate to somebody who's 100% gung-ho Cade. Uh, last year in the second half against Rutgers, he threw for seven yards mm-hmm. and uh, Michigan's offense sputtered and ended up being a nail biter of a game against Rutgers. Uh, Michigan won, but man, it could have went either way. You look at Nebraska, which is a highly entertaining game on the road. Uh, what a great environment there for a, a team who didn't end up having a winning record whatsoever, but that went down to the wire. Michigan settled for field goals a lot in that game. If, Jake Moody doesn't go four for four on field goals. Mm-hmm. Michigan loses that football game. So there's a couple games from Cade there that you could say, well, man, you know, the luck definitely bounced Michigan's way uh, just a little bit. And my thought is, well, what if this year in those same scenarios in those same close games, the ball, the luck isn't on Michigan's side. Then you're looking at a team who, you know, could have been undefeated, but has two or three losses. So that is the worry. That's the worry I'm sure that the offensive coaching staff has too. I mean, you got to have a little bit more aggression. You got to have a bit more success, whatever you want to call it. You got to, got to hit, hit at a higher rate. So uh, yeah. And if that remains the same at some point, yeah, you got to go with the guy who's, uh, who's going to have more of the wild plays consistently. And then, of course, um, there, there's always the, the final devil's advocate that say, uh, maybe they unlock something in the last three games of the uh, the, the regular season or the last two games of the regular season of the Big Ten Championship where they put up 59, 42, and 42, uh, to which I will say I will tip my cat cap to that as well. So it's going to be fun to see uh, how it shakes out this year, man. Obviously, what we're going to find out in less than three weeks exactly what it's going to look like, and I'm so excited that it's almost here. Trevor Woods, really appreciate you joining the show here this week, man. Where can we find you on social media? Find me on Twitter at Woods Football. At Woods Football. He's, he does it all, man. He does all the reporting. Did a great job for us. Uh, Big Ten Media Days, obviously. Trevor, you were cranking out articles like like 
nobody's business, man. Uh, big thanks uh, to you from me for that. Helped me a lot with this show, obviously. So uh, definitely appreciate all the work you do. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Follow the Maze and Brew Twitter page as well, at Maze and Brew. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube. Uh, hopefully going to be starting up the live shows coming up the week of the first game. Can't wait to do that. Love interacting with you guys uh, on there as well. So subscribe to the YouTube page so you know when we're going to be uh, going live. Trevor, once again, man, really appreciate you uh, filling in for Scotty here this week, friend. A pleasure, man. Always good to talk. Always good. That's Trevor Woods. I'm Luke Yardy, and that's going to do it for us this week on Brewcast.